Welcome to the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. I'm Stephanie Boyd, your host. In case you didn't know, Bammer stands for Badass Mother Runner. This podcast will bring you stories from across Kentucky and beyond about badass women running and the people that support them. Let's get started. Hey guys, it's Stephanie Boyd back with another episode of the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. Happy Urban Bourbon Half Marathon Race Week to everybody running this week. I'm so excited to be able to run this half marathon in the heart of downtown um, on Saturday, October the 19th. And Christy Roach, who is my guest today on the podcast, is a fellow Urban Bourbonite. Um, she's one of the ambassadors along with me and several other amazing runners this year. And I invited her on the podcast today to talk about her running journey, uh, which she kind of found accidentally, and you'll hear more about that story in a minute. But I think what's really intriguing about Christy is the fact that she has such a positive attitude despite all the obstacles and challenges that she's faced. Uh, for those that don't, that may or may not know Christy, you may not realize um, that Christy was diagnosed with gastroparesis and subsequently dysautonomia at a very young age. And these diagnoses require Christy to kind of approach running in a different way than most of us would when it comes to nutrition. Uh, Christy depends on a permanent IV and TPN solutions for her nutrition. And so this makes running very interesting to say the least for Christy. So I really want you all to hear a little bit more about some of these obstacles that she's overcome or overcoming and find out how she maintains a positive attitude through it all. She supports many other runners in the local running community and I've really um, been happy to get to know her better this year. And I think her story will definitely inspire you to kind of go out there and live life and run with no excuses. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. Today, I am very excited to have Christy Roach on the show with me. Say hi, Christy, to everybody. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for coming today. I'm very happy to have you on for several reasons, which we're going to get in, delve into in just a little bit. Um, and for those of you um, who don't know Christy and I met, actually, I think initially I kind of knew about Christy, but I didn't meet her until mm -hmm. I went to my first Urban Bourbonite meeting. So Christy and yes. I are both Urban Bourbon ambassadors uh, for this year's race. And that's where I initially met her in person. And we've connected on social media and see each other out and about now. And so um, I connected with Christy. Christy listens to the podcast and sent me a message. And we just kind of started dialoguing about her story. And so I thought it would be great to bring you on today. So you could kind of tell it from your perspective, because Christy, you'll be able to tell it so much better <laughs> than I will. So without, um, so for those that uh, don't know you, Christy, why don't you just introduce Introduce yourself and tell us kind of how you identify as a person. Um, I'm Christy, obviously. Um, I am a nurse. Um, I'm 25. Um, I didn't start running until about two years ago, but it's completely changed my life. Um, and then I do have several chronic illnesses that really impact my running, which of course we'll be getting into later in the show. Mm -hmm. um, so all of that kind of like plays a big role in my life, overcoming obstacles, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. 
Now, I didn't, I didn't realize until after I met you that you were a nurse. So I think that's yeah. interesting <laughs> because, um, you know, just what you're managing mm-hmm. your health care, your self-care yes. is probably you have a little bit more of um, a background to be able to understand mm-hmm. what's occurring with your body more than other people. Exactly. Which is really helpful. Yeah. <laughs> I always knew I wanted um, to work in healthcare, but like once I started getting sicker and spending more time in the hospital, I really decided that nursing was made for me. And I do have another perspective that most people don't have when dealing mm-hmm. with patients. Aren't nurses amazing? I work for nursing university. So I work with a lot of advanced practice nurses Mm -hmm. and um, nurse practitioner, nurse midwifery students. And it really is something to see them be able to help manage their family's care or their own care when they have someone that they love or they're ill because they do have that perspective. They've, they've, um, you know, it's just interesting to see the kind of be on the other side and not be the nurse, but be the patient or the caretaker for a family member but it's so helpful we have nurses in my family and they're always I mean they're just great to be it's just a great resource so (laughs) I'm jealous my dad always wanted me to be a nurse he was like be a nurse or be a school teacher you get your summers (laughs) off like you get paid well you know and I kind of always wish that um I had become a nurse too so I work I kind of work with nurses I guess you say um just yeah. to kind of fulfill that side of things. So, so thank you for the work that you do because no nursing problem. is important too. <laughs> so you identify as a nurse, but also as a runner. And yes. so tell us how you started running. When did you, you said a couple of years ago you started running. So yes. did you run or did you play sports in school or? Yes. Growing up, I was pretty active. I played a whole lot of sports. Like I was cheerleader, dancer, tennis, swimming. Um, I was never a runner though. I never really liked running. Um, I started like getting sicker in high school. So I'd quit playing a lot of sports. I didn't really have the energy. Um, I went through a really long time without a diagnosis. So I wasn't being treated. So all my energy was just focused on going to school, stuff like that. I didn't have time or energy for sports anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. and then for several years, I really wasn't very active. Um, it's funny how I started running. I was actually in a long-term relationship, like four and a half years and when we broke up, I had no idea what to do with all my free time. And I oh. was like, what do I do? And I always thought that I couldn't really exercise a whole lot. But at that point, I just started running because it made me forget about everything, just cleared my mind. And then that's the point when I realized maybe I can still exercise. Maybe my doctors were wrong and oh. I'm doing what I thought I couldn't do. So it's funny now because at the time, that breakup was awful. But now it's like mm-hmm. the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty, yes. right? Like, you're <laughs> you're really think, young. Yes. This is not judgmental, but you're really young to be in a four and a half year relationship. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I so I was engaged right out of college. Like I mm-hmm. met the person I was um, engaged to. I met him in college, and mm-hmm. so I was twenty four, and I was going to get married, and um, he you know, he was a different person after we graduated from college. And then we decided getting married. Actually, he decided getting married was not what he wanted to do. And of course, at the time, I thought it was 
horrible. And now looking back on it, I'm like, that was really, I'm right. so glad he pulled the trigger on that because I don't know that I would have. Exactly. Who knows what my life would have been like. So, yes. well, I'm sorry that that happened to you, but obviously it, you yes, found I running out better. through this. Yes. So did you, when you started running, what did, what did you do? Did you just walk outside one day and say, I'm going to see how far I can run or I'm going to see, Pretty like, much. I'm just going to try for to walk or what happened? Yeah, I just decided I was going to run and I like was like I'm running a mile I can do that and it took me probably like 15 minutes to make it a mile but for Mm -hmm. some reason I kept doing it and then that was like summer of 2017 and then here I am a few months later signing up for urban bourbon for the first time (laughs) not properly trained I would go Mm. like I would run four miles one week and the next week I'm like oh I can go run eight miles (laughs) clearly not the smartest thing but it Mm -hmm. worked but (laughs) Did you know other runners at that time, or I were you training not. by yourself? It was completely mm-hmm. by myself for, like, the first year and a half after I started running. It was just me. I didn't even know if I would like running with other people because I never had done it before, and I was like, I like having this time to myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And I, I was a solo runner, too, for a long time, I mainly, mainly because I didn't know any women that were running And Mm -hmm. the men that I did know that ran were way faster than I was. And Mm -hmm. I kind of didn't see myself as a runner like they were. And so I did a lot of solo running and it was lonely. Yeah. Um, I I did. I didn't realize how lonely I was (laughs) (laughs) until I started running with people. Yes. But yeah. I ended up joining Fleet Feet. um, Uh And then that's when I realized, okay, I do like running with other people. And that's Mm kind of what opened up the whole, I want to meet more runners, being an urban bourbonite, all of that stuff basically stemmed from starting with Fleet Feet and realizing how many people there were um, that I could run with and how encouraging it is now at races to be able to cheer people on. Because before that, it was just me. I was the only one on the course. I didn't have anyone Mm -hmm. like that I knew. So Mm -hmm. it's completely made it better. (laughs) Yeah, I think some, you know, everyone's a little bit different. We were talking about this after um, the race the other day, that it some people come and race by themselves and they mm-hmm. don't have family there or friends. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, but the feeling of support that you can receive from your running group or people out on the course, maybe even strangers you don't know, who right. will cheer you on or cheer you to the finish line. The people that are cheering for you, you don't know at the finish right. line. I mean, it just really is such a boost for a lot of people. Right. Um, when I, yeah, I can't imagine not having that kind of support at a race. Yeah. Well, when I first started running, I didn't know how big of a deal it was for families to like go to races and stuff. But I have an aunt that runs. And so when I first did Urban Bourbonite, she talked to my dad. And she's like, we have to go. People are going to be at the finish line. And she's not going to have anyone. Um, so they oh. surprised me at the end of my first half marathon. And it made a huge difference. I was like, I didn't realize I needed that support until it was there. It just right. made everything so much better. So you ran Urban Bourbon. Yes. And you said you didn't train. Now you know that you didn't train <laughs> properly for yes. that. So subsequently, you've run other races, and yes. tell us kind of what you've learned. As you obviously, Feet mm-hmm. Fleet has probably helped yes. uh, helped you tremendously. But what do you do differently now mm-hmm. than you did for your first half? Yeah. Well, <laughs> what's funny is ever since I've started with Fleet Feet, I haven't ran any big races yet because I've been having issues with stress fractures. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've done Urban Bourbon twice. 2017, 2018, and then the Derby Mini in 2018. 
And so all of those, I don't feel like I properly trained, especially <laughs> for the mini. I was like, I don't run in the cold. Like, yeah, so I was way under trained. And then this past winter is when I started training with Fleet Feet and gotcha. I'm doing everything properly. And then I end up with injuries. <laughs> and mm, I'm like, this is frustrating. Frustrating. Um, but basically through that I've started running like in any type of weather stuff like mm-hmm, that like mm-hmm. even if it's freezing I now realize once I get moving I'll be okay um so it's helped a lot just keeping me on a training schedule um because it was just so sporadic before that if I would be training for any races or not Right. Yeah. So I was a fair weather runner mm-hmm. for probably the first two or three years that I ran. And so that means I didn't run in the summer at all <clears throat> and really, really cold weather. So normally I was training for like a late spring, early summer race mm-hmm. or a late fall race because I could pack in like eight weeks of right. training <laughs> and hopefully get really good weather most of the time. Yes. And then I realized when I wanted to push myself a little bit more, my husband was like, there's so many factors mm-hmm. in in training and running a race. But he's like, well, the one thing you can't control is the weather. Right. And you need to be prepared because the weather will mentally mm-hmm. affect you if it's not something you've ever trained in before. Right. It will totally throw off your race. And it took me running the KDF marathon in a monsoon <laughs> to realize he was right because it was horrible. I mean, it was raining so hard, that race. Mm-hmm. There was a couple of years in a row it rained really hard, but it rained so hard. Like the ra- I remember the rain was bouncing off of the water on the street and coming back up in my face. It was <laughs> horrible. And I was like, why would anybody ever do this? This is ridiculous. Um, and it probably really did mess with me because it was probably like mile 18. I was like, forget it. I, I'm, I'm done. And then there was my husband. He came out of nowhere and was like, you don't, ha- you know, you, you can do this. And he ran with me for a little bit and I kind of got my mind reset but mm-hmm. it really did mentally mess with me. So then yes. I realized after that, it was probably important to get out and run in the rain a little bit, mm-hmm. some sleet and some snow. And that's what I learned from the triple crown last year in 2018, oh where it was either raining or snowing every race. The triple crown of sleet. Yes. yes that was awful. <laughs> but now that I've learned to train in the rain, I kind of enjoy running in the rain at times. It cools you off. And as long as it's not yeah. like, pouring I'm okay with it <laughs> yeah it kind of makes me feel kind of like a badass when I run in exactly the rain too yes <laughs> yeah so it's a good mental boost but yes I, I highly recommend everybody try it at least once mm-hmm. so well so you've learned that and you know it's, let's talk about some of the complications um that you've okay. experienced because I've watched you um just since I met you mm-hmm. earlier this year really tackle some issues and come out on the other side, it's still really positive. And so I want to talk about where that yes. comes from. <laughs> um, but first, I tell everybody a little bit about your diagnosis, because okay. I think it's important for people to understand that you, while you are training and running for these races, you're also suffering from symptoms um, of dysautonomia. Correct. Yes. Say that right. So tell us about dysautonomia and yeah. educate the listeners a little bit. Okay. On that. Well, First off, the first illness I was ever diagnosed with is called gastroparesis, and it literally means stomach paralysis. So my stomach mm-hmm. is paralyzed. So if I eat food, it just doesn't go anywhere. I'm going to get sick. 
Um, I started having issues with that for five years before anything was diagnosed. It was like intermittent. Some days I would feel fine. And then other times I'd be sick for a week, really dehydrated. Um, so finally it was right after my high school graduation, I was diagnosed with that and it like helped me know a lot what was going on with my stomach. But Uh once we got that figured out, I realized how many more problems I was actually having, um, that I hadn't been focusing on because my stomach was the worst problem. Uh Um, And so I started doing a lot more research, finding illnesses that are kind of linked to each other. Um, There's like support groups on Facebook um, that kind of helped me come to my next diagnosis of dysautonomia, which Uh means like it's a dysfunction of the autonomic nervous system. And the autonomic nervous system does everything that your body is supposed to do automatically. So like including Uh digestion. So that's, where the gastroparesis came from and then just like breathing I've had issues with asthma um fainting spells my heart rate and my blood pressure don't like aren't controlled properly um Mm -hmm. so there were times where I would be standing up too long and I would just pass out um which is really frustrating (laughs) um obviously Mm -hmm. because I wanted to be active but it's really Mm -hmm. discouraging when you stand up for a few minutes and then you're on the ground um So for a really long time, like I wasn't really being treated for those properly, especially dysautonomia. One of the best treatments is just like drinking a lot of water and you can't do that when your stomach's paralyzed. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really kind of has just progressed a lot more. It was just my stomach being paralyzed at one point, but since then um, it's led to my intestines being paralyzed as well. Um, so obviously everyone's probably wondering how I get any nutrition. Um, so mm-hmm. that was yes. going to be my next comment in case it wasn't obvious at this point. Yes. You can't just take in hydration and nutrition Correct. like most runners Yes. Do. I so, don't absorb anything. Like if I'm hurting after a run, I can't even take Tylenol, which is frustrating. But, mm-hmm. um, so I get all my nutrition through an IV. I have, it's called a central line in my chest. It's like a permanent IV that's long-term. Um, and then what I get, it's called TPN or total perineal nutrition. And that just means it goes all through my veins. I don't get any other nutrition um, by mouth. Um, and it's some people are like, oh, does that mean you just do it like three times a day? But it actually is a big old bag with all my nutrients in it. And mm-hmm. it's, it goes over 13 hours every night. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just like a quick fix. It's. It's It's time consuming. Yes. Yeah. So when you're Mm -hmm. training for a race and you have to adjust your fluid intake, Mm -hmm. how do you, so do you adjust the, the amount of fluid that you intake Um, or does it, it stays, does it stay pretty static? Um, so the bag of nutrition I get is like personalized every month. I have to have blood work done. Um, so that they can like make sure like my potassium, calcium, all that is in okay levels. And if not, they, just tweak it a little bit, but I don't get any extra fluid added to that. But I do run like an extra bag of normal saline or IV fluids. Um, I'll just do that at home. Definitely if I'm running, I'll do it like before or after both, depending on how long I'm running. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, it's just all IV. Um, I can, I get really thirsty when I'm running, obviously. So I'll carry Mm -hmm. a water bottle with me. But I will only take, like, small sips, and it doesn't actually, like, 
hydrate me whatsoever. It's just so that right. my mouth isn't so dry. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult because I either have to like spit out the water because if I keep mm-hmm. drinking it, I'm going to end up getting sick on the course, which, right. which has happened in really hot races. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I need mm-hmm. water, but I can't drink water. <laughs> but mm-hmm. makes me feel better when my lips aren't like peeling and all that nasty stuff. Right. Well, I'm sure your brain yeah. is still sending signals to you right. that you need to drink, even though you exactly. Cannot. Yeah, that yes. ha- that's something biologically driven. Mm-hmm. See, it's hard to ignore. Yes. So this is nothing like that, but there, I did run a rate, um, an ultra marathon mm-hmm. once where they ran out of water oh, wow. at like mile t- twenty one. So I had last refill wow. at like mile thirteen. And it was 90 some degrees and that's crazy. There were so many people that were sick um, because they would take whatever they could find or some of them, I think were dipping in the, you know, Mm -hmm. the stream because it just mentally, Mm -hmm. even though we weren't, obviously we, well, some of us may have been dehydrated, but Mm -hmm. you were so thirsty that your brain was like driving you to find whatever water source that you could. Mm -hmm. And it was a horrible feeling. So I, I mean, that's nothing compared to what you're, what you're dealing with. So I can't imagine how do you, um, how do you distract yourself or how do you keep yourself focused Mm -hmm. during a race and not just get frustrated and say, just screw it. I'm not (laughs) doing this anymore because I feel like people could get really frustrated. Mm -hmm. Well, I told you the reason why I started running, but the reason why I kept running is basically Mm -hmm. because. I was doing something that nobody thought I could do. My doctors, my family, even myself. Um, So when I'm running, I don't focus on like being nauseous or my stomach hurting. It just distracts me from everything. Um, I always think like, oh, my legs hurt. Oh, I can't breathe. But it's not my normal like symptoms. So that's what I love about it is like mentally, it makes me like feel completely better even though when I get done running, there's a lot of times I'm like, Oh, I'm like, don't feel good at all. But while Uh I'm, while I'm running, I don't care about like my chronic health problems. It's just all gone. Um, even when I'm like thirsty and stuff like that, I'm like, I don't care. I'm doing something. No one thought I could. Um, I'm, I've always been really competitive. And so that's kind of what it is. I mean, I'm not going out and winning races, but competitiveness for me is, just being out there and doing it and proving that I can mm-hmm. do it over and over again. That's amazing. That's such a unique perspective to have because I think sometimes as runners, we really take mm-hmm. for granted that what we are able to do that some people can't do or, mm-hmm. you know, some things we don't have these obstacles that other people have to deal with. And I was talking to another guest on the podcast that we haven't released yet, but she's like, you know, when you run by people, um, you don't always know their story or what they're mm-hmm. dealing with. And so you can't make the assumption that their run is easy right. or, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, everybody works hard or has something that they're overcoming. Yes. I so, love that. I mean, my guess is that people run by you or run with you and don't know about your diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I can't, I mean, I can't yeah. imagine like wrapping my head around that. If I did know that now, when I see you run, I think, Oh my gosh, she's amazing. (laughs) Thank you. How did she do that? (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm completely open about my illnesses, but it's not the first thing I go up and tell someone because I don't want them to like look at me differently. So it's really funny because like a lot of people in the Fleet Feet running group 
all like over the winter they didn't realize anything was wrong but now that it's summertime I'm like wearing tank tops and stuff you can see some of my medical devices so Mm. now they're like wait you've had that going on the whole time like Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah wow yeah I mean I think we just forget sometimes or we make an assumption that everybody's Mm -hmm. like like we like you are like I am and you know we all have but we all have our own story exactly um so now be, a complication to all of this is mm-hmm. that, you know, you were talking about you have to ensure that you're take, you have all the right nutrients mm-hmm. and, you know, um, you, so you've had some difficulty and you were recently diagnosed with osteoporosis Yes, and that's when, so I saw the boot, I saw the stress fractures in the boot before I yes. knew <laughs> about your health conditions. And so tell mm-hmm. us how that, how dealing with yeah. that has been. Um, It's been really frustrating, and it's something that a lot of people don't understand. They're like, oh, that's not a big deal. Just take some vitamin D and calcium, and you'll be fine. But that's the problem is I can't just take medicine. Like, it won't do anything. I don't absorb anything that way. Um, And, like, my nutrition, I do have calcium and vitamin D in it, but there's not extra vitamin D that I can get any other way in IV form, which is crazy to me. You would think that would be a thing, but apparently it's not in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And then like older people who have osteoporosis, there's a bunch of medicines they can be on for it. And so I asked my doctor, I was like, well, why can't I do those? And then I learned that a lot of the medicines can cause birth defects for like even years after the last dose. So if I ever want kids, which I do Ugh. eventually in the future, then those mm-hmm. aren't an option for me right now. So I'm not really being treated for it in any way, which is frustrating mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I mean, right now I'm running and miraculously my legs feel great, but I don't know how long that's going to last. Right. So yes. you're kind of living with this day-to-day thought of, you know, today is a great day, but I don't know what tomorrow is. Yeah. It can definitely be frustrating. Like when I first get a new diagnosis like that, because I feel like everything's controlled. I'm used to it all at this point. So when something like that comes along, it's just like, okay, this is another side effect of all this going on. And it can be overwhelming at times. I mean, Mm -hmm. most people don't know a 25 year old with osteoporosis, to be honest, but, um, Yeah, it's something that I've learned to work with because my doctor even said, she's like, I don't know when you're going to be able to run. It's probably just something we're going to have to monitor. But basically, I'm like, well, I feel okay now. I'm going to run now. Like, I don't know what my future is going to hold. So if I'm okay at the moment, then I'm going to go for it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which might not be the smartest medical wise. (laughs) And I mean, I'm a nurse. So I, right. I think that I know what's best for myself, but right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm doing okay right now. So, well, you <laughs> we'll know, they say one nurses at a time. are, yeah, nurses are the worst patients is what exactly, I hear. Yeah. So. <laughs> so good luck with your physicians that are advising you Which on is, your treatment plan. Yeah. Well, for me, it's kind of <laughs> difficult. Like my regular doctor, like my stomach doctor and all that, they're like, you know your body. I mean, you have, mm-hmm. like, rare illnesses, so do what you can do and don't let anyone stop you, which is one of the reasons why I love my doctors that I go to because they realize, like, let her do what she wants. <laughs> like, this is That's her. good, though, yeah. because, I mean, that your health care will be exactly. just yeah. so much more comprehensive and, and better for you if they understand where you're coming exactly. from and your personality. I mean, they – there's no reason to advise you to do something they right. know blatantly you're not going to do. <laughs> right. Um, 
So with your healthcare team, <laughs> do you, um, do you, have you met any other women who have the same diagnosis that you do? Yes. They are your age? Yes. I've actually met a lot of people, um, like through Facebook, Instagram groups. Um, and I've met several people as well. Um, are they runners? I know one girl that's a runner. And Interesting. Yes. She lives in New York, though. So I've never actually mm. met her in person. But mm-hmm. I love seeing, like, her post about running. We're always, like, commenting back and forth about it. Um, cheering I bet. Her on. Because um, she, yeah, because yeah, most people I know with my illnesses, they're not really athletes. But she is. So she understands all the issues with weak bones and all that stuff. Um, so it's really cool. I mean, I don't want her to have that, but it's cool that there's someone that I can relate to. And no, absolutely. I mean, I think there's power in numbers in terms of just being a support system for each other. And my guess is there aren't that many women running Mm -hmm. who, who come up against this. So I'm glad that you found at least one other person that you can share your highs and lows with because you can tell us, but if we don't experience it, it's we don't understand completely right. what it is that you're going through. So that was one I, a question yeah. I wrote down after I read um, mm-hmm. the email that you sent me was like, does she have a support group? Question mark. Right. And obviously, I mean, Fleet Feet is, I'm sure is a great support mm-hmm. for you in terms of running, but you know, mm-hmm. just thinking about right. specifically your health. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you have this person to, yeah. to, to commiserate <laughs> with when no one else understands. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of funny. My, my stomach doctor is like the main one I see since those are like the biggest issues I have, but he'll give me a call sometimes and he'll be like, Hey, I have a patient who's kind of got the same situation going on, but they're really discouraged. Like they don't feel like they can like do a whole lot. He's like, will you give them a call and like give them a pep talk? (laughs) And so I feel like, I don't know. I don't understand why I'm sick. Obviously like I trust that God has a plan, but I'm like, what is this plan? But sometimes when Mm -hmm. I can help other people through it, it kind of reminds me like, okay, maybe this is one of the reasons why I'm dealing with this so that I can help so many other people along the way. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure being diagnosed with Mm -hmm. something like that, the first time that you are, Mm -hmm. you immediately want to try to figure it out. Right. You know, and it's hard if you don't know anybody else. Um, Mm -hmm who who has that diagnosis exactly. so I'm glad you're helping support other people it's kind of that circle where mm-hmm. you know what comes around goes around right kind of thing yeah so well <laughs> now so you ran um a race this past Saturday yes. and you looked amazing thank you how did you feel when you finished I felt great <laughs> um Good. I was not properly trained I haven't had the time to train for it um I actually haven't ran the 10 K distance since February until this mm-hmm. weekend. Um, mm-hmm. I've only been back running for maybe three or four weeks now. Um, mm-hmm. since my second round of stress fractures. Um, so I was not prepared and I know it was a hilly course. Um, so I was like, all right, I can, I can do it. I can walk up the hills if I have to, like, I won't be upset. I just want to finish. Um, so finishing that was super exciting because that was the first 10K I've done since that 10K last year. Um, so just getting to that next step, because I've done several 5Ks like over the summer, but I just wanted to 
get past the 5k point and uh-huh. finally get going farther again so it felt amazing um I didn't really have any time goals or anything like that which helped because I was like as long as I finish I'll be happy <laughs> the medals were right. really cool and so I really wanted that I'm not gonna lie that's one of my favorite parts of running <laughs> Yes. So yes. Um. So it helped encourage me a little bit more because Urban Bourbon is in four weeks now, and Mm -hmm. I'm still going to be under trained for that. But I'm still going to cross that finish line somehow. (laughs) So what's your plan for Urban Bourbon? Do you do Mm -hmm. intervals or do you? Um. How do you? What are you thinking? I'm not sure yet. I might end up doing intervals. <laughs> I'm not sure yet. Um, I had thought about doing intervals for the 10K this past weekend, but I had a screen protector on my watch, and it was, like, filled with, like, oh. moisture from the humidity. Mm-hmm. So, so I was, hot. like, not able to track it very well. So I was like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm just going to keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Forget the intervals. I'll, I'll see you. Let's just get this line. done. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start like running longer distances over the next several weeks before Urban Bourbon. And I'll probably like experiment with intervals and stuff like that. Um, so, we'll for, the, for people who haven't done Urban Bourbon before, I know you said this yes. is like one of your favorite races. Yes. Um, so, tell us why you love Urban Bourbon so much. Um, honestly, like the race itself is great. But the reason why I'm so in love with it is because it was my first half marathon. Um, yes. So it like I was starting to doubt myself a couple weeks before I ran that race, and I was like, "What am I doing with my life? Like, I'm not a runner. Why do I think I can do this?" Um, so just doing it and crossing the finish line, it was such an amazing experience. And then I was back to do it last year, and it was the same thing. Like I always thought that I would never be as excited to cross a finish line as it was my very first race. But mm-hmm. that's not the case. Each race, I'm like, I did it. Like, I Again. Yes. <laughs> um, which is why I'm really excited for it um, this year. Because I haven't done a half marathon since Urban Bourbon last year. Mm-hmm. And just a few months ago when I found out I had stress fractures again and the whole osteoporosis diagnosis, I was like, well, I can't do it this year either. Um, but here I am and... I will cross that finish line. <laughs> I don't have any doubt yes. about that. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's that thing we keep going back to as runners all the time too. But I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, that feeling when you cross the finish line, just right. all those endorphins and just yeah. that great feeling you have. Like I just did something the yeah. majority of people are not it's, ever going to yeah. complete. I wish I could explain that and feeling, but there's no way to explain it. You just have to no do way. it. There's no way. You have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And I mean, you could have a different perspective about it, but I mean, I think for Mm -hmm. you, it's like, you know, in your face Mm -hmm. kind of like, right. Yeah. So that makes it extra special. I'm more excited this year too, because (laughs) I have more obstacles to overcome this year and I will do it. So Mm -hmm. I can't wait. (laughs) So um, probably in the running community, either with Feet Fleet or just out on your own, Mm -hmm. you've met people who are new to running or people who just, you know, have started Mm -hmm. running and maybe are getting discouraged. Mm -hmm. You have an even better perspective to be able to give advice to people. (laughs) You ever be like, stop whining, you babies, you can do this. That's maybe in your mind what you want to say. But what do you tell people or what advice would you give to people who maybe listen to the podcast who might be new runners that are struggling or just don't know where to start? Um, What advice would you give them? Honestly, I would just say just keep going like push through it 
it will be worth it. Like, I know it hurts now. You don't want to do it. Um, to me, mentally, running is it's a lot harder mentally than physically. If you believe mm-hmm. you can do it, then you can do it. Your mind is very powerful. Um, so just whenever I'm doing my long runs, I'm not going to lie. I do doubt myself at times, but I have to get back in that mindset that I've done this before. I can do it again. Um, so that's pretty much what I would tell people. The most important part of running is your brain. Like if you believe mm-hmm. you can do it, you'll get there. And it's an amazing feeling once you do it. So just keep going. And then once you experience that feeling, you aren't going to want to stop. <laughs> it is a little addictive. Yes. Running should come with some kind of warning label. <laughs> no one really tells you, or you really don't believe it. Like pe- maybe people do tell you, mm-hmm. but you don't believe it until you right. do it. And See, <laughs> it's that feeling like yeah. you're talking about, you can't describe. Exactly. And so my stress fractures, I didn't realize how different my life would be if I couldn't run. Um, mm-hmm. Like at that point, once I stopped running is what made me realize how much I love it. I mean, I knew mm-hmm. I loved it before, but after being stuck and watching other people run and not being able to do it, that's when I was like, this is what I was meant to do. This is what I'm going to keep doing no matter how hard I have to fight to do it. That's a great perspective. I think um, it's important for us to not take running for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we are reminded of that, yes. even, you know, probably at the times when we need it the most, but mm-hmm. You know, we have some ladies and the um, moms around this town. She runs this town mm-hmm. that are struggling with injuries right now. Yes. Um, and they were like, if I only had, or if I only, what if I'd done this differently? <laughs> or um, So I think, yeah, you're right. You just kind of have to not take it for granted right. and enjoy the day that you're in. And that's a good reminder right. if you're struggling is you'll get through this. And it's all going to be worth it in the end. <laughs> right. That's what I'm realizing now that. Whenever I'm running, I'm so happy. Like, there were race photos from the 10K on Saturday. And, like, you can look at that, and there's no denying that I'm so happy. Even though I feel like I'm dying, I'm running, and I haven't (laughs) haven't been running up these hills. It's, like, pure joy on my face. No, every time I saw you, you're, like, (laughs) cheesing. So, which I probably was, too. But it was so hot. It was. was so humid. And we looked, like, goofy. Just, we had these crazy grins on our faces. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. there were so many of you all out there and that's also what I love about that race is you see so many people you know yeah I love when like you can when you're running back the same way you came so you're passing everyone again and yeah yeah I love that and urban bourbon's gonna be awesome because yes. we uh, know all these people that are gonna be out there racing this is our local race yes. and so this is the first year I'm actually racing that race because oh, really? I'm normally um volunteering okay so we always have a water table a water stop mm-hmm. every year and um this year and last year actually we we volunteered to work it but then I got I had to go to work so mm-hmm. um I was really excited I went ahead last year and asked work like okay, I'm going to sign up to do this. If they pick me, I have, you know, I'm going to have to be off work for this. Right. And it worked out really well. Uh And so, yeah, we'll have moms from this town. She runs this town water stop. And I hear everybody always says it's the best one. So yeah, I mean, I'm not trash talking, but I hear it's like the best water stop on the course. So You'll have that, like, as yes. a pick-me-up. Yeah, the end I'll have of the to race. pay attention to that. Because, like I said, my last Urban Bourbon, like, I hadn't joined any running groups at that point. So, I didn't really even know about Moms Around This Town. Mm-hmm. She runs this town. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
although I've never ran with you, I do know like several people in that group now too, just from other races and stuff like that. So yeah, that'll be mm-hmm. exciting to see. Um, and It'll I'm, be fun. Yeah, I'm excited you're running it for the first time. Yeah, I just, I just <laughs> told my secret. To a lot yeah. of people. Some people know. Well, I'm, I'm sure the people that work the water stop with me know because I probably complain right. under my breath. No, I love the, I love yeah. the water stops. And I love – second to running, I love volunteering at races because yeah. I think it's an amazing job. But um, Yeah, I've gotten a lot more into that since I've been injured. I still wanted to be involved. I felt like I was missing out on not running. So I've started, like, volunteering packet pickups, finish lines, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I do – love just being around that and supporting other runners that's a good piece of advice too for people who can't currently run exactly because I always felt like when I would see my running friends I'm like oh I've missed out on so many conversations they've had when running and all this stuff so just being back involved in the community whether I'm running or not I mean at times it can be really hard when you're watching other people run and you're just like I want to be out there but then at the end of the day, just seeing all your friends cross the finish line and stuff like that, it's still really exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so um, before we wrap up, I, I have a question I want to ask you that I okay. always ask all of my guests. And so this podcast is the Bluegrass mm-hmm. Bammer podcast. And as we all know, Bammer stands for Badass Mother Runner. Mm-hmm. And that really applies to anyone who's just an amazing person in the running community. So Tell me, when you hear Bammer, what are some words or what are some things that characteristics that you think of? Um, I would think of, like, strength, um, inspirational, courageous, fighter. Um, just, I think of a group of people, like, everyone overcoming their own obstacles. Um, just all that stuff all wrapped up together. Just amazing women who are really strong and I don't know. I love this whole running community and all these mm-hmm. amazing women. And it's just awesome to see how many other people are out there every day chasing their dreams. Literally. I agree. Yes. I, one of the words I wrote down while you were talking that I'm just thinking about like what you're saying is one of the things I wrote about you is that you're, you have a lot of courage because I mean, I think all the words that you just said really as, um, encompass a bammer but also I think those words apply to you as well I mean you're a bammer because I think a lot of people would give up or a lot of people (laughs) would be discouraged if they had to face some of the things that you do and um I mean I'm not it's obviously not something that you know prevents you from running today but you know it's you know you just really face it with a lot of positivity Mm -hmm. and you're kind of this determined spirit about you. Like, I'm not going right. to let these people tell me I can't do this, <laughs> well, <laughs> which I love. Yeah. I think <laughs> Thank you. Well, like you said We're... earlier, I know all of our obstacles are different, but just because like I'm sick, it's not, I'm not the only one facing obstacles to get out and run. I know so many other people are. Um, and so I've not been in their situation. I know most people right. haven't been in mine. But that doesn't make mine, like, any more courageous than anyone else who's going out there and overcoming all the things that are trying to stop them. That's amazing. Well, I think that um, you kind of have, like, this no excuses mentality, which is... Yeah. You you could have a thousand, right? I mean, I guess we all could if we wanted to, but we just keep getting up every day and... Mm -hmm going out there. So I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast and just educating us a little bit more about 
um, you know, your, your particular health conditions. And I think, I mean, it's important to remind people that we all have these things that we're, you know, working with, and we have some things that are working against us. And, you know, it's about really coming out the other side and doing what we love, which is running. And so thank you for being really inspirational and making sure that people hear the positive side of things. So one last thing I always say is, yeah, I didn't get to choose like being chronically ill, but I do get to choose how I live with it. And I think Mm -hmm. you can fill in anything to that. Um, you don't get to choose your own circumstances, um, but you mm-hmm. do choose how you live with it. And so that's important for anybody to realize that don't be defined by your obstacles. Overcome them. Well, boom, you just ended the <laughs> podcast right there. I don't have to say anything else. I mean, you've got it. That's it. That's a life <laughs> mantra right there for sure. <laughs> Well, Chrissy, yes. I can't wait to run Urban Bourbon with you. Me I'm too. really excited. And we're going to be out yes. there just cheesing our heads off and yes. cheering each I other can't on. Wait. So, and um, yes, yeah, I, need a, I, I need a picture with you at the finish line. Okay, picture yes. at the finish line. Yes, for I don't sure. have any pictures with you. So, <laughs> <laughs> we, we see each other enough by now. We should have more than one. Ex- so. Exactly. Yeah. Let's make this happen. Okay. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Which Perfect. we're going to hang out for the after party. So, yes. you know, all that. You have to see everybody and take pictures of our medals and it, all that good exactly. stuff. Exactly. They're awesome. All right. We'll deal. Well, I, thank you so much for coming on today. And yes, I will thank, talk with you soon. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. If you like what you've heard, hit subscribe to the podcast so you can catch the next episode when it's live. Also, you can find me um, on my blog. That is bluegrassbammer.wordpress.com. Or you can follow me at Bluegrass Bammer on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. See you next time. And until then, happy running.